Welcome back to GA Fan TV. My name is Aaron. It is the All Ireland final on Sunday between Limerick and Kilkenny, the showpiece event in hurling every year. And here it is in the middle of July. I'm delighted to be joined by John Kyo for this one. Of course, journalist based out of Limerick and a Limerick fanatic himself. So he'll be here, obviously, to help us break down the game and discuss this one in further detail. Just a reminder, we're brought to you by Declan Kirby, GA star, the best children's GA book out there in the market at the minute. You can find it on Amazon, Eason's, all good bookshops. So make sure to check that out when you get a chance. John, how's things with yourself? We were chatting off air there. I suppose the the buzz is very much building towards this uh, All Ireland final. Uh, another one for Limerick. I mean, probably kind of crazy. There was probably large chunks of your life where Limerick couldn't even get near an All Ireland final, and now you're in them every year. So I'd say it's uh, it's kind of crazy, really. No, no, Aaron. I've seen them lose three. Don't worry, I've seen them lose plenty. <laughs> Yeah, it's just look, it's it's a fantastic time to be a Limerick fan, you know. It's there have been many, many years of heartbreak, that forty-five year gap between seventy-three and two thousand and eighteen, and plenty of heartbreak stories in between. Um yeah, you mentioned it, excitement massively building now, you know, where we're what Wednesday before the game, tickets are up in air, everything's up in there, typical all Ireland final week. But look, it's great to be involved again. You know, Limerick going for three in a row, but they've uh, they've an almighty task ahead of them. Yeah, I mean, what's the buzz been like around Limerick, obviously, leading up to this one? Like, I know here in Dublin, like, when Dublin were getting to their first spot on a final in 2011, like, the first in 16 years, it was so much buzz, so much anticipation. I suppose as the years went on, it probably started to dwindle maybe a little bit with the fact that they were getting to the final so often. Like, in Limerick, what's it, what's it been like? Is the buzz still very much there, maybe in a similar way to 2018, or... Has it maybe started to dwindle a little bit? I'd imagine it probably hasn't, to be honest. I mean, let's be honest, all Ireland finals are all Ireland finals. And especially with the fact that we're out of COVID, pretty much give or take, more or less, like I'd say, you know, there's a lot of anticipation, you know, when you're walking around the streets and all the rest. Massive anticipation, Aaron. Yeah, it's it hasn't dwindled in the slightest to answer your first question. Tickets are very hard to come by right now. I know it's early in the week and invariably for these games, they come to, they do come maybe more available as the week goes on. But no, it hasn't quite reached fever pitch yet. But anyone I've spoken to, they're doing everything to get tickets. They're doing everything to get to the game. You know, especially with the weekend that's in it as well. You know, temperature's supposed to hit near 30 degrees as well. You know, just it, it, it just brings another atmosphere to it as well. You know, but no, it hasn't dwindled. I can definitely say that. If anything, it's got more difficult to get tickets and stuff. It's always difficult to get tickets for big games anyway. Um, certainly all Ireland final days, you know yourself from, from going to Dubs games, you know, they aren't they aren't easy to come by. But no, it, it hasn't, you know, it's I suppose part of that is like Limerick traditionally has always been they'll follow a successful team, Limerick fans. Limerick GA is hurling especially has always had a very big fan base anyway. But you look at like some Munster rugby when they really hit big, you know, they they got a massive following, not just in Limerick, all over Munster, obviously, and beyond, but like Limerick people certainly love to follow a Limerick team. And, you know, that doesn't seem any sign of changing. And even if they do have the odd negative result, you know, numbers even in the league earlier in the year where Limerick were far, far from their best, the numbers kept on coming to league games at the highest, huge, huge attendances at games, you know, like unprecedented really for league games, and especially when it would be played in late January, early February, when the conditions were not pleasant in comparison to what we have now. So no, no, no signs of abating as of yet. Yeah, and I'd imagine after the, the result against Galway as well, like and, and obviously winning that Munster title against Clare, 
I mean, in particular, the Galway game, I mean, it was a it was a close enough game, you know, kind of going down the home stretch. But again, like Limerick just showing that sort of Limerickness in many ways, like they seem to always just find a way, like by hook or by crook, they'll find someone off the bench. Like obviously David Reedy this time around coming off the bench, hitting three points. So like I suppose you're you're going into this final and the best perfect preparation in many ways, having come through two big tests in Clare in the Munster final and then Galway obviously in the All Ireland semi finals. Yeah, look, Limerick haven't had it easy this year. I don't think they've ever had it easy. No team has an easy run to any victory in any sport, certainly when, when trophies are handed out at the end of the season. Um, if you just go back to that, that first game in Munster, Cork started with a goal inside, what was it, 50, 60 seconds, you know, and it started there. Okay, they got through that Cork game handy enough in the final quarter. You went out to Waterford, pushed them all away. I mean, we, a lot of us would have been thinking back then that it would have been Limerick-Waterford final. Look, Look where Waterford ended up. Then you had the Tipperary game. Okay, Tip would, would probably ruin his chances there. But I, I, like you go through every game, the draw on Ennis Limerick were missing a couple the same day, and you know Clare gave him plenty of it in Ennis that day too. You know, and then coming through to the Munster final, pushed all the way again. And, and as you mentioned, Galway. You know, Limerick Limerick have got, but they've gotten through these games. The most important thing is that they've gotten through these games. They still haven't been beaten in championships since 2019. To Kilkenny, and I'm sure we'll talk about that game later as well. But you know that has to breed a huge amount of confidence. They always just seem to find a way, you know, with, with, with ex- excluding that game against Kilkenny, of course, in 2019. But you know, every time someone else pops up, you mentioned about the bench. The biggest thing for me in the last six, seven minutes against Galway, Galway threw everything in. I thought Galway were superb, really, really did. I, I think it was before the provincial finals. I was last time, which I was really tipping Galway to give Kilkenny a good rattle, and for whatever reason, it just didn't happen. We all know. I think more so what happened with Henry and Brian Cody after the game was talked about than Galway's performance, and they really stepped it up. I thought their tactics were outstanding against Limerick after an initial period when Limerick really looked like they were going to run away with things. Aaron Gillan was scoring for fun after he Burke early on, you know. But but Galway just. Brought a seven defender back, as John Kiley described it, and it worked a treat. And, you know, they were able to get scores from long range. They were able to pick pick holes and pick pockets in the Limerick defence. And but, but but going back to what I was saying, like, the, the biggest impressive thing for me was never, yep, the bench contributed once more, as they always seem to do, was Limerick didn't panic. I think it was David Reedy's second point. Limerick's, they put Limerick two points ahead and at a time, where it was a long ball came in. Sean Finn, I think, beat Connor Whelan to it. Broke for Barry Nash, or he made sure it broke to Barry Nash. Nash flicked it out to Hannon. I think then it was out to Dan Morrissey. And there was these 20 yard, 15 loopy passes. They went through their processes again and it ended up with David Reedy in space in midfield and pulled off a fantastic score to put Limerick really, you know, that, that, that two point lead was massive in that, in that period of time. So it always seems to be, yeah, finding a way to do it, but they don't, they don't deviate from what they're used to now and what they plan to do. And for me, that's the most impressive thing. It was the same against Clare. Okay, Claire sideline cut after that wonder Declan Hannon scored that Tony Kelly sideline was sublime. Limerick regathered for extra time and you know they wanted to canter an extra time. Claire were out on their feet. I think Claire the struggle past Wexford and eventually, you know, in, in, coming into Kilkenny, that was that for them as it turned out. But that's the biggest thing for me. Limerick just don't seem to be flustered when when it's put up against them. And Galway really put it up to them, put it up to them physically. They did something similar to what Claire did. They pushed really, really far up on Limerick's puckouts. They left Mike Casey and Sean Finn have it from the sharp puckouts and chanced around from there. They were making sure Barry Nash got a very limited amount of sharp puckouts if we're looking into it that way tactically. But 
you know, Claire did something similar, albeit very different conditions to what we had in Croke Park a couple of weeks ago. You know, is that the is that the template to get at Limerick? Probably. You know, it seemed to have put Claire now in two games and, and Galway have got joy from it, but ultimately Limerick still came through. Yeah, and I suppose you, you mentioned how Limerick obviously came through, obviously getting to this all Ireland final. I suppose Kilkenny have had a, a bit of an unorthodox way of getting to the all Ireland final in, in some respects. You know, obviously got to the, the Leinster final, but lost to two of the big challengers in Wexford and, and Galway, but then obviously beat Galway in the Leinster final and then produced a performance that I suppose no one really seen coming against Clare. You know, I think a lot of people probably fancied Clare going into going into that all Ireland semi-final. So what's been your thoughts of Kilkenny so far in, in 2022? Like, would they give you much of a worry maybe going into that all Ireland final? Like, uh, I suppose when you have TJ Reid on Cody putting in the performances that they did in that semi-final and obviously Mikey Butler, like, with the job he done on Tony Kelly was exceptional. And, I mean, you can't obviously, you know, understate the influence of Brian Cody. So what have been your, your thoughts overall on Kilkenny this year? Very much a mixed bag. You know, you mentioned them results against Wexford and Galway in the Leinster Championship. They didn't have to do a huge amount to beat Galway in the final. We've touched on that. And that was a big surprise. More so on Galway's side than Kilkenny's. Well, Kilkenny have just been getting better as the season's gone on, you know. Put a huge score up in Dublin. And I thought, really, that's that's what really caught my eye with Kilkenny early on. I expected more from Dublin. But just it was it was a 10-12 minute period after this into the second half where they just took off. Um, just at the semi-final, yeah, they, they, they were just, they were awesome. They were awesome to watch. They were really clinical. Kilkenny of old, I'd say, even though they have a long, long way to go, obviously, from the, the, the those great Kilkenny teams of the early part of the century. Um, but they were they were awesome against Clare. You, you, you couldn't describe it any other way. Their, their tactics fully right. You mentioned Mikey Butler, you know, whose who's job on Tony Kelly. You know, has been well well spoken about at this stage, but I think all over the park they were very very strong. We have to marry that with Clare's performance as well, of course. Yeah, they weren't let play, but it was a real real tired looking Clare. You know, they were taking wrong options all over the park when they were shooting. They were delivering high ball into Kilkenny. You just can't do that to any Kilkenny team. They'll mop that up all day long. There's so there's so many talented players. You've mentioned Cody as well. Obviously, TJ. We all know TJ at this stage. He's one of the greats. Um. It's it's in midfield they've really impressed me at times, and and mainly because they've just switched it up so much. You know, you, any of us tuning in now or thinking about the game on Sunday don't really know what midfield Kilkenny are going to come with. You know, Adrian Mullen. You know, he seems to be getting back to some of his form before that horror injury. You know, they've had Killian Buckley there at times. They've had other players at times. You know, they've just been they've been really really strong all over the park. I'd say ruthlessly efficient is how I describe them against Clare. Clare weren't at the races, but Kilkenny just stepped it up and stepped it up, and they didn't take the foot off. And you know, the game was long long over at halftime. And you know, so as a whole, a bit of a mixed bag. But they'll be going in full of confidence. And uh, like I love this, but between the two managers, they're both playing each other up before the game. Brian Cody very much playing Kilkenny down in, in typical John Kiley fashion. He's following suit. Playing Kilkenny up, but there was an interesting one. I heard T Tommy Watch talking enough the ball, and like Tommy, Tommy's usually so clear in, in what he's talking about. He was talking about Limerick coming down the stretch could be burdened by history. I thought that was a very odd, odd way of looking. Yeah, 19, Kilkenny caught Limerick cold. Um, and no, no one could argue that, certainly in the first half. Limerick had 17 wides, and you know, albeit they, they, they could have used an excuse of a deflection, they should have seen a 65, which invariably would have led to a replay back then. Limerick don't look at it that way, and that's important as well, that they moved on instantly. We weren't good enough, end of story. And then he mentioned 17, which was 
a funny game in Norland Park and then he started going on about 2007 final. I'm just going, like, it's been very clear from the, the outset with this Limerick team. They're not burdened by history. They're, they, they, they're very clear in that the history has not impeded them in any which way. So I don't I don't see that being any issue whatsoever. I think it would be the, very much the 15 and 15. You know, a lot of this Kilkenny team, you know, you, you look at TJ and a couple of more that have tasted a huge amount of success. But you look around the rest of that team, maybe outside of Owen Murphy as well. It's fairly bare of all Ireland's, you know, this 2014 since Kilkenny won one. I'm not saying it's going to be a major issue, but if anything, if anything down the stretch, if the game is in the balance, I'd go the opposite way with recent history that Limerick just seem, and this season being a prime example of it, they did it against Tipperary, they did it, okay, let Waterford back into it with a couple of goals in the end, came through it against Cork, managed to get a draw against Clare, albeit a poor performance in Ennis, came through the Munster final, came through Galway, they always seem to have that little bit more so no, just said that I like that point. You know, there's so many areas to talk about, but 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 that that's what I'd say about Kilkenny. You know, they they've so much talent as well. They always do. You know, they always do. And that man on the sideline going for his eleventh. You know, if you remember it, it's not so long ago. Limerick had ten All Irelands. You know, and they do now. And Cody going for his eleventh on his own. He's remarkable. People have been calling for his head since 2014 when they won the last All Ireland. He may have just like built another team and we'll find out more on Sunday obviously like to be successful in Kenya in, in Kilkenny you have to win All-Ireland to be considered a good team in Kilkenny you have to win a few All-Irelands to win, be a great team in Kilkenny you have to win five or six so you know that that's what's ahead of them maybe down the road but you know you can't but be not impressed by them on what they produced in the semi-final and if they're peaking for this time of the year well then you could you, you could have an almighty battle on Sunday yeah, and Sir Klopp just with a comment here says, How many times has Brian Cody gone into an All Ireland final as an underdog? And I suppose it is a great point. Like, I mean, 2019 probably went in maybe a slight underdogs a couple of times, maybe in the 2000s against, you know, that great Cork side probably went in as an underdog. But it is probably a bit unusual for Brian Cody. But at the same time, I'd say it's probably something he's, he's relishing because even in the All Ireland semi final, like Kilkenny went in as underdogs and Obviously, TJ Reid and his sort of post-match inter- interview was, you know, talking about them waiting in the long grass and they'd seen all the, you know, discussion about Clare and all the hype build. So, you know, Kilkenny going in as underdogs, given their history as well. I know, obviously, as you said, like it's a completely different side now, like not many All-Ireland winners left in the side, completely new young team that's obviously kind of produced in the, in the last couple of seasons. But at the same time, Kilkenny going in as underdogs in any game really is is dangerous. Yeah, I don't, I don't buy underdogs. Any Kilkenny team is underdogs. Certainly not with Cody on the side then as well. And, and more importantly as well, what they have on the pitch. Like, I mean, I, I just don't buy that. I think it's a very tight. I saw somewhere in the bookies today, Limerick 2-1 to one on. Just don't see that myself. And again, mainly because Limerick haven't hit, hit full form yet this year. They've, they've, you know, more tests have been put to Limerick this year. I think John Kiley said it after, after Munster and before the Galway game as well. They've had to work very, very hard to get to this all Ireland final. Not saying Kilkenny haven't, but, you know, I have Kilkenny had as many tough, tough games that have drawn energy out. I thought Limerick at times looked tired against Galway. You know, they like even even that Galway goal started in the second half. My, my case, he switched off. I think he just lost sight of the ball as it came in for Brian Cannon's goal. Like, I, I had a bird's eye view of it. It happened. He just took a step and Cannon moved one way. Casey moved the other, and that's all it takes. Um, but no, I don't. I, I certainly don't see... Kilkenny going in and Brian Cody going in as underdogs in this. 
yeah, Limerick naturally be favourites for the game being All Ireland champions. I mean, the bookies will never take that one on, taking on that favourite tag. But yeah, underdogs is the wrong word to use for any any team in an All Ireland final. Yeah, and I think the most interesting thing, and you referenced it earlier, like the 2019 game, obviously the, the All-Ireland semi-finals, like obviously this Limerick side have beaten Kilkenny in, in 2018, as we very well know, but like generally like that feels like the sort of one last wrong maybe for Limerick to sort of do right, if that makes sense. You know, like it, it's that sort of, it's, it's a moment I'm sure that obviously would have hurt the Limerick lads and hurt the players, hurt the management. And it's probably what's in many ways actually gone and made them stronger and made them come back as good as they have been in 2020 and 2021. And I'm sure Kilkenny at the same time will take a lot of inspiration from the fact that they are the only side, you know, in the last three years to have beaten Limerick in the championship. So, like, when you look back at that game, like, what were your memories of the game in general? I'm sure you've probably tried to forget as much as as much as you've could but you know like what kind of memories can you remember from that game and and how much of them could play an impact maybe going into this one yeah my memories of it are just how, how wasteful limerick were at times yeah kilkenny came out blitzed blitzed limerick complete i think it was 10 points to one or something at one stage i could be wrong on that but i just remember um colin finley's goal and it was, it was it was a very rare occurrence to see sean finn beaten the way he was beaten it just finley goes to past him and buried the past nicky quaid Remember a stunning Shane, Shane Dowling goal that really brought Limerick back into it in the second half. He kind of batted it from around 21 metres, bouncing in front of Owen Murphy. It was an unstoppable shot. Just remember Limerick being wasteful, but Kilkenny hitting Limerick early on with unmerciful belts. You know, it, it was it was thunderous stuff. And you'll see that again on, on Sunday, no doubt. But, you, you know, Limerick, like the, the talk of Limerick could be going for five in a row and all this, like, that's rubbish. You know, that's... You could you could also argue the task that Limerick may not have won more All Irelands if they'd won, you know, nineteen. You just don't know they're all imponderables, like you know. But certainly it, it, it's a blot on the copybook. But but again, I'll go back to what John Kiley says, and he's very careful about what he says to the media and the lead up to games. That you know they're a very different team from us. We we've we've what like something like fourteen players gone from the last team to beat Kilkenny from our panel as well. There's been that massive turnover in a short period of time and probably something similar with Kilkenny. So, yeah, while playing that down, it, of course it's a reference point for Limerick. It's like I'd, I'd argue that they learned so much from that defeat. To me, what, what impressed me most about Limerick after that was they didn't um, didn't come out crying about the 65 that never was. You know, they, they, they just said, look, we were beaten. We were wasteful, 17 miles. You know, we the game should have been done long before that were very wasteful first half certainly in the second half so that there was no we we demand this we demand that hawkeye this hawkeye that or whatever excuses under un, under the sun that could have been used weren't used you know and that to me showed a lot of character that they didn't that may, maybe other teams in the past may have looked for things like that Limerick, this limerick team didn't they moved on concentrated on 2020 licked their wounds you know before COVID hit they were flying in the league ended up in the league monster championship and COVID hit all Ireland final against Wex or against Waterford, sorry. Um, and then you know, into last season as well, like with it. And so they've built probably from that moment, eight 2018 is parked, and this Limerick squad has built from 19 onwards, you know. So remember in that game as well that Declan Hannon came off early on. Um, Kyle Hayes was switched back to centre back, and Barry Nash came in, or Nash came in wing back, and it was his first real taste of def a defensive slot in. In inter-county action you know so certainly in championship action so 
you know, you look back at things like that, what a watershed moment that proved to be for Limerick. I mean, all, all I'm seeing all year is Barry Nash getting better and better with each game. It's hard to think like he would have been wing back against against uh, Clare in that or Waterford in that Munster final and Clare in that first round um, in 2020 in the championship where he played wing back all season for Limerick, you know, in the league before COVID hit and ended up a corner back. And you look at him now, like he's the, one of the first names on the team sheet now. It's amazing what things can happen, you know, but but I, 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 I it's it's too easy at times to look at history, look back at history as, as, as a, a starting point for discussion about these kind of games. They take on a life of their own. Every game does nowadays. Anyway, I don't. I think these guys at intercounty level now, Aaron, and you, 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 you see it as well. So often, they, they're just so clinical in their thoughts, and I, I keep using that word clinical for a reason, because you don't get to an All Ireland final without that clinical nature. You saw it in the football last week with, with Sean O'Shea's free from what, fifty odd meters with the angle as well. I mean, that comes back down to so much work he's put in over the years to for that exact moment to get. Okay, you'd hope it's a winning one like Luxon's if to win an all Ireland, it's worthy of that. But you know, that that there wasn't even a hesitation. There was talk of Shane Ryan coming out of goals, but no, like there was no other person taking that. And that's what these guys coming. There's not not TJ Reid or Aaron Glenn, the last second of the game, if it comes to this on Sunday, they'd only be delighted to take that free that could win the game, you know. And that's what that's what separates champions from everyone else, you know. Yeah, I've been trying to trying to forget that Sean O'Shea free. To, to be, yeah, it's be very free. Just trying to trying to put it in the back of my head, but um, but the OG yeah. wants to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose yeah, we, it all goes around in in circles, and we certainly had our, our fair few moments. Oral Ali says here, this will be the, the first proper test for for Limerick in years. Um, well, I suppose I mean they have been tested a lot of the time down the years. Really, it's just maybe fact these have kind of come through a lot of those tests like you think of Cork last year a lot of people thought that was going to be a very big test and you sort of wiped the floor with them and even getting back to that 2019 game against Kilkenny like I suppose every time since then you know maybe there has been a flat performance or you know like you have gone four or five points down or there has been a bit of adversity like the difference probably is you've found an answer this time and and maybe John Coley, Paul Connerk like they know their squad a lot more they know which lads to be bringing on which lads will make an impact sort of coming off the bench you've obviously had the emergence of some more players maybe coming into the team since then as well so you know like it's not like the Limerick side that lines out in 2022 is going to be the exact same as the Kilkenny side in 2019 and vice versa like both sides have, have evolved quite a lot in the last couple of years absolutely yeah that and that's that's it yeah I'd argue very much that Limerick haven't been tested I'd say they've been tested this year more than they have the return to the round robin, you know, it's, you know, like Limerick won it in 18 on the round robin, then lost, of course, to Kilkenny. They went the long way in 18 and in 19, they went straight through to that Kilkenny game. But they've learned so much from then. And likewise, Kilkenny, you know, they, you just have to look at the players that are coming through in Kilkenny again after supposedly a barren time. OK, yeah, it's seven, eight years since they won in All-Ireland, but... They've been at semi-finals every year, you know, quarter-finals, semi-finals. It's not as if they've just magically disappeared off the landscape. They haven't, you know, but but to argue this is Limerick's biggest test in years, it, there's an element of truth in that. I mean, it, it goes back to 19. I, I, I'm trying to talk that down, but it is a reference point for both teams. You know, Kilkenny will feel, well, maybe if we try and do the same things again, maybe we'll get something from it. But on, like it's shadow boxing as well. Limerick will think, well, if they do that we have this and okay well we'll try something different so Limerick won't be ready for it I, th I think 
Limerick are a very different team from that. Obviously, you mentioned different personalities and everything, but they've they've it's it's a maturity thing. You know, you mentioned about Kilkenny in the early noughties up against Cork teams going for three in a row, going in as massive underdogs, and then bang, you know, it's a it's a blitzkrieg from everywhere, and and Cork couldn't handle it, or someone always turned up for Kilkenny. And that's what I'm saying about Limerick now. Someone always seems to 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 find that that place. It was really the last that Dermot Burns is freeze throughout this whole season. I mean, you look back at that Tipperary game in particular, the Cork game, you can actually go Cork, Waterford, Tip, and Clare and Ennis. You know, his freeze kept Limerick in games early on, you know, got them, just gave them that little lift that they needed to get into the game. So, yeah, to say it's Limerick's first test in years, I'm the same as you. Like, everyone thought Cork were going to come with everything last year and Limerick just after, you know, Shane Kingston got that goal immediately after Gerald Hegarty's first, but... Just Limerick for the next half hour just took off, and it was, it was from my point of view, it was a joy to behold. But from everyone else's, including Cork people, I'm sure it was a horror watch. But you know, but it's it's so hard to, you know, it's so hard to tell and so hard to predict what can happen. You know, there are so many imponderables, again, as I've already mentioned, that are so different from 19. You know, but like Kilkenny in a final, you know, it's the first, okay, like Kilkenny were massive favourites in 07. And, you know, Limerick went up at hope rather than expectation, caught Waterford on the hop in the semi-final and a great performance. But I, I think the teams are way, are, are a lot closer together this time around. Obviously, the, the, there's there's a lot of things have happened with counties in between, but, you know, more evenly matched, I'd say, than, than the teams were in 07. Um, but, yes, yeah, it's, it's just everything we're talking about now just, just brings it together to... to, to you know, we're, we're predicting things. We, the reality is we, none of us know, you know. <laughs> none of us know... What little thing could happen in the lead up or, or the day of the game that can can throw this either way, and that's the joys of it, really, isn't it? Yeah, and Orlali was also saying here, Kilkenny will give Limerick more of a test than than Cork or Waterford did yeah, in the last few years. Yeah, 100% in, on that. Yeah, in regards to in regards to all Ireland finals, and I suppose it is a fair point. Like obviously, Kilkenny have been in the you know the last two All Ireland semi finals, All Ireland final twenty nineteen, and. You know, like they've had sort of a, an up and coming young side really in the last couple of seasons, even in that All Ireland final in 2019. You know, you think of Owen Cody, who's obviously come through the ranks there. You know, Keen Kenny, Mossy Keown, these lads, you know, young Tommy Walsh, obviously a, a cornerback as well. So, you know, like at the same time, look at Limerick side, obviously very young side as well. Um, a lot of young lads, under 20 lads coming through. Like, so, and with, with Kilkenny being fairly dominant in Leinster, having won the last two Leinsters, like this could be. You know, like another maybe another part of a of a chapter of what could be a big rivalry between Kilkenny and Limerick down the years because it is kind of mad that it is the first time they're playing each other in the All Ireland final in quite a, a long time because like Kilkenny have been there thereabouts in the last few seasons like they were very close to beating Waterford took Cork obviously to extra time as well so you know like we could have easily been talking about Limerick Kilkenny All Ireland final for the second third year in a row like. Absolutely, yeah. You know that you you mentioned players coming through Kilkenny. It's so true. You know, a couple of years ago, you're looking at where are the next stars from Kilkenny coming. Yeah, Adrian Mullen had come through, but then that horror injury happened. Like on Cody came through with Bally Hale as Mullen did. You've seen Keen Kenny as you mentioned. We've already spoke about Mikey Butler and the job he can potentially do, and maybe the job he'll be doing Sunday. We'll talk about in a bit as well. Um, yeah, they, they just if things had gone a little bit differently, you you very much could have seen. Like there was a stat popped up during the week earlier this week that Limerick have faced Kilkenny more than any other time in All Ireland when they get to finals. You think of 73, 74, 2007 is the most recent ones. 
But I mean, you know, for Kilkenny, they've played everyone in finals. That's just a given, given, you know, Kilkenny being Kilkenny. But it, it's just so interesting for me that, yeah, this could be the start of if of something special between the two counties because it, it's crying out, not being biased, like, but Limerick need a, a challenge. We all thought it was coming from Waterford this year. I'm not being smart saying that Limerick will need a challenge. I'd rather Limerick won handy every game they went out and played, to be honest. But the reality is that no one wants to see that either. You know, what happened with Waterford, I think everyone was stunned. They seemed the coming team and just fizzled out in Munster really after the loss to Limerick, which we all thought that was going to be the, the first of a trilogy. But yeah, I, th I think, you know, the epic battle, that game in 17 in John Kiley's first year, that he, he's, he's referenced several times this week. Um, that he thought he could have been out of a gig after the last that Limerick it was it was a, another wasteful day in front of goals. Um, they should have been Kilkenny out the gate in eighteen. They missed a ton of chances, goal chances. Owen Murphy had one of his storming games, and then obviously we all know what happened in nineteen. So they're the most reference recent reference points, obviously. But yeah, I I, I think given the age profile, the teams Limerick Limerick's panel is still young. Nicky Quay being the eldest, I think is thirty two or three now. Um. And you've Graham Mulcahy soon after that, but then it's Declan Hand at 28. And then and it goes downward from there, you know. Um so it's and Kilkenny's young guns coming through as well. I just think it's fascinating. It's it's an all earned final. You could you you could find so many different anchor points to look at. You could that you could argue with, you know, what what way it could go or what way it could go. Like is Mikey Butler gonna mark Aaron Gillan? What are Limerick gonna do about TJ Reid? Will Declan Hannon continue to sit? Or will TJ Rome from centre forward really pull out to the wing? So many different things. You could talk the midfield battle. I think teams have really attacked Limerick in the midfield this year. Um, will O'Donoghue look back to his best against Galway, though? But Daryl O'Donoghue maybe had one of his rare off days and you know, was eventually replaced. That ended up seeing David Reedy back in midfield. You know, David Reedy massively pushing for a starting spot. We like we haven't spoken about yet. There's plenty of rumours going around the country today about Keane Lynch's fitness. You know, it remains to be seen about that, but you could argue that Keane Lynch could slot in, given Kyle Hayes' performance at centre-forward the last day. Could Keane Lynch slot in midfield? That week in Limerick, of course, it wouldn't. You know, so many different things. And, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, you don't know what team Brian, Brian Cody is going to pick. For the man who picked 1-15 to 15 without failure for 20 years nearly, and he's chosen this season to, to, to make changes, you know, nearly every game, and they've had positive impacts. So... We've, we've spoken about Limerick making changes off the bench. Cody's done this year by making changes from the start and then being able to bring Walter Watch as, as a diamond to bring off the bench. And he seems really, really good at that role. You know, Richie Hogan was back on the bench the last day. I'm sure that didn't go unnoticed by Limerick either. You just bringing on these guys, you know, they, they, their legs maybe not what they were, but I'd love to be able to bring on a Richie Hogan or Walter Watch in any time of a game. And there's plenty more to bring on outside of that, like likes of Billy Power. You know, the Blanchfields, they're serious hurlers. David Blanchfield coming through now as the, the, the younger brother of Liam. Like, and I don't know, I think it's just again, I go back to it. There's so many exciting battles all over the park. Talking about Massey Keown, who likes to roam out as well. Who's going to pick him up? Or Limerick just going to keep the free man in defense? You know, oh, I, I just think, can't wait for it at this stage, Aaron. The more we're talking, the more I'm getting excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I suppose you mentioned Keane Lynch there. Like, obviously, before we we went live, like about twenty minutes before we went live, was breaking sort of over Twitter from a few different journalists and all the rest that Keane Lynch, you know, has has twisted his ankle or there's been some sort of an injury. And GA Show podcast was saying here Keane Lynch spot coming out of 
uh, gym and boots or, or whatever they're like or a bootstrap or something like that so i mean all sorts of rumors really flying around like we don't know which is true which is not and you know like plenty of rumors. if he was coming out of the gym with a boot on what was he doing in the gym <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's a fair point, isn't it? It's a fair you know, point. Yeah. Look, there, there, the rumors are abound. I like I, I got a few texts last night about it, all saying different things about whether it was a broken bone in his foot, went over in his ankle, broken foot, broken ankle. This the fight about I think there were six or seven different things around this one ankle. The reality is we don't know. You know, we we'll know you know if I, I like I'll text you if I see Keen Lynch walking with a boot later on. And again, it could be cardiology. It's not like this limerick limerick management team to, to to engage in this but i remember reading plenty of rumors about aaron Gillan in the lead up to the all Ireland semi-final as well and they obviously proved to be unfound no he may have been a doubt but it certainly didn't look after about three or four points from play after five minutes it certainly didn't look like he was in trouble then and lasted the full 70 as well so look it, it, it's it, there's there's no points in like you have keen lynch in your team you have an automatically stronger team but it has to be mentioned too outside of a game against cork he lasted nine minutes against Waterford. He came on for the last 20 against Galway the last day. Didn't look anywhere near his best, and how could he? And the same, same to be said for Peter Casey. So Limerick have effectively got to the All-Ireland, certainly without Peter Casey, who is, is their most accurate forward at times and who is lethal. We, we all saw he was heading for one of the great performances in All-Ireland final last year, five points after 20-odd minutes, and sadly did his cruciate. But Limerick have got there without effectively Keane Lynch and Peter Casey. So... You know, if they if they're not ready, if if, if something has happened, Keen, it'll be very much a case of okay. Well, we've we've dealt with that all year. Kyle Hayes will stay centre forward. You know, they're, they're, it'll it'll just be. And I, I'd argue, like certainly from my point of view, I know he got man of the match and the on the day as well. I thought it was Kyle Hayes' best performance for Limerick in, in the forwards. I'd say now in a long, long time. And I know he was moved back in twenty twenty, but. I just thought he was outstanding. I thought he gave such a presence. Yeah, he missed one chance in front of goals the second half that he did a ton of space for, but he created havoc in that Galway defence more often than not. And then, you know, came up with that final catch at the end where Galway were, were sniffing for a goal. Um, you know, Keane Lynch, as I said, will be a loss to any team. But, I mean, Limerick will just operate as they always do and, and next man up. I mean, that's, as John Kiley says, that's the way it is. Yeah, I mean, in terms of some of the matchups, then which you were you were mentioning earlier, like I mean, lots of potential tasty matchups. Like when you look at TJ Reid and who's going to obviously going to be picking up him and Owen Cody and the influence of him and you know Aaron Galan, you know potentially a little tussle with young Tommy Walsh or Graham Mulcahy, Cole Hayes going up against Mikey Butler. Like I mean, a lot of very very tasty tasty matchups. I suppose from a Kilkenny perspective, when you look at TJ Reid. Owen Cody, Mossy Keown, like I mean, what what kind of lads do you think will end up picking them up, or do you think they'll even be too much of a focus really on sort of man to man matchups, or, or what do you reckon? No, if we've seen anything from Limerick this year and over the last four or five years, they don't focus on the opposition really; they focus on themselves. Key point in that is Tony Kenny's or Tony Kelly's performances against Limerick. It was a twenty twenty in the joint Munster final, and sorry, in the the league joint league final Munster Championship game. During COVID, he got something like 15 points. We saw earlier this year, he got something similar in the game in Ennis. And of course, it was something similar in the Monster final as well. So Limerick don't mark. They don't mark, man mark anyone. I, I, I don't see that changing. Um, it'll be nearest man picks up whoever's in the full forward line. Um, and, and like Declan Hannum will withdraw. One of the midfielders will cover, usually William O'Donoghue. And they, they'll go from there and withdraw their wing backs. Kilkenny have decided to operate something similar, I've noticed as well. 
in recent games they go they are dropping Richie Reed as the loose man the seven defender they're not even calling it a sweeper now I think I don't know why I think there was nothing wrong I think there was a negative connotation about the word sweeper I've heard several managers calling it the seventh defender now. Call it whatever they want. It is what it is. It's still a sweeper. Richie Reid has been doing a lot of that since he, he's made that position his own um, this season. So that's been interesting from Kilkenny's point of view. But again, yeah, like I think Kilkenny will go out. Mikey Butler, as we saw the last, will will definitely man-mark someone. Now, who that is, you know, if you if you man-mark Aaron Gillan, I think Claire really focused a lot of that in the Munster final. It left Seamus Flanagan wide open. And eight points from play later, you know that was that was Seamus Flanagan's day, and, and and he's had some games for Limerick, but geez, I don't think he's ever had a better one than that. You know, everything he hit went over the bar. So you mark, man mark one of these Limerick forwards, it frees up someone else. You know, and, and Kilkenny may just go fifteen on fifteen and and see where they go from there. But but certainly whatever about what Kilkenny do, it could throw him a surprise. Limerick aren't going to deviate. I'd be, I'd be massively shocked if Limerick deviated from what what is. Brought them so much success since 2018. Yeah, and I mean, which which lads would you think, uh, I suppose from a Limerick perspective, could do the most damage? Or, you know, like if Limerick are going to come through, Kilkenny, which I'm sure obviously you're hoping for and most, most people expect, like which Limerick players do you think could could have the biggest impact and, and I suppose be the standout performers on the day? Well, Aaron Gillan has been in just unbelievable form all year again. Like he's been... It's just some of the points he got early on against Aftahi Burke. I mean, Dahi Burke is, is a supreme fullback. I mean, I don't know how, how many fullbacks have been as good as Dahi Burke in the last 30, 40, 50 years. He's just so good. But but when A, the quality of ball has to be good into any forward. And the quality of ball Gillan was getting early on and throughout the last few years with Limerick has been sensational. But what can you do as a defender to a guy when he comes out and throws the ball over the bar over his shoulder? A, he's quick enough to get out in front and the ball is good coming in. So he gets out in front, controls it into his hand, and then on the run backwards off balance, he throws it over the shoulder, over the bar. It's absolutely ridiculous at times what he can do. Flanagan is more maybe streaky, you know, and if it's Graham Mulcahy, he'll kind of play more withdrawn out towards the 45. Um, I'd go, look, Tom Morrissey has had a funny year. He's um, his, work, his work rate hasn't dropped in any which way. His scoring prowess has, though. And but the, the beauty of someone like Tom Morris is he doesn't knock his third out of me. A couple of bad wides in the first half against against Galway last time out, and then he came up with just, just the most outrageous point um, to put Limerick a point ahead at one stage in the game again from the right wing over the Cusick stand side. You know, Garrett Higgerty is a huge, huge player that Kilkenny have to be wary of. Every team has to be wary of. I'd argue a lot that Garrett is getting an awful raw deal from referees in every game. Every game now, it's just. Just because he's six foot five doesn't mean he hasn't been fouled as well. And maybe that's a bias coming through. I know other counties have their own views that Gerald should be sent off every game he plays, which there's an element that that's not true. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. One thing that does worry me, and I, I don't want to be talking about referees, but Colin Lyons is the same referee that refereed um I don't know people that may have an impact in games. Um he refereed Limerick Claire and Ennis. And I'm not not saying for one second Colin's an inter-county referee and deserves his place there. Was one of the worst red cards I've ever seen in my life, you know, in any level of sport. I mean, I, I just can't, I still can't fathom how that happened. I, I just like I've, I've seen it mentioned in a couple of times, and John Kiley mentioned it after that game. Like, is it is a Limerick player being targeted by referees? You know, certainly against Galway, I saw the close attention that um, that was being paid. Finton Burke was paying to Gerard off the ball. Don't mean that he wasn't hitting him or anything like that, but just anytime Gerard moved. 
he was caught in a bear hug. You know, and, and I'm just saying, and I'm not saying for a second, Limerick are well capable of doing that as well. I just think you want to see the best players being let let hurl, you know, and, and, and that's across the board. We always had a bit of Kilkenny back in their head. They were well able to look after themselves. Like Tommy Walsh, one of the greatest hurlers of a generation. If Tommy needed to, he'd well, he'd be well able to, you know, I mentioned him earlier talking about the game, but Tommy was able to look after himself. And I think the same with Garrod. I, I don't think Tommy was ever unfavorably looked at like referees and maybe... The, the, the difference in size is, is, is maybe key here. I just, I think Gerald could have a huge influence in the game. I think he's been bottled up in recent games. And I'd argue at times last year as well, he'd, 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 he'd a good performance in the All-Ireland. He scored two two goals and a point, or I think it was that in last year's All-Ireland. I was taken off after 50-odd minutes. You know, I'm the cold, of course, the game is over. But I think Gerald, I think, I, like not heating pressure on anyone, but I think Gerald has so much that he can he can finish a game. You saw the, the goal against Clare in Turles in the Munster final. I mean, it was just, and hearing him speak after it, we were on a Zoom call with him um, a couple of weeks after that. And he was he was just talking like he just, he did, he, like Tom, Tom Marcy told him afterwards that he didn't even know where he was. He just got the puck out and hand passed it on and into an area kind of, kind of thing. But I was in Turles that day. The conditions were absolutely atrocious. Like, And he saw a clear defender flicked it over his head. And he just, it was instinct. And that's what we want to see as fans, no matter, like I'm saying it because I'm from Limerick and picking out Garrod's moment. We've seen glorious moments throughout the years from every, and throughout this season, from every team. Look at Tony Kelly's performances, certainly against Limerick, where it petrified me to see him doing what he's doing. Like in the, in the last minute of the Munster final, the worst conditions possible, the worst angle, had a great view of that sideline caught. And, you mm. know, we all know he was going to score it. That's the beauty of the game as well. Like, so... You know, I just, from, from Limerick's point of view, yeah, they, they can hit from anywhere. That's the thing. Like, Tom Morrissey, could, could could end up scoring four or five points from play and you're going, Jesus, where's Tom Morrissey been earlier? Garrow could break free and just do serious damage like he, he we all know he's capable of doing. And then you've Kyle Hayes, who has taken a while to readjust it back into the forwards last since his move back there from wing back. We just looked against Galway. He got a couple of points and you're just going. And, and there was a couple of other little moments that, that nearly came off for Limerick that could have ended up in goals from Kyle. And you're just going, if they'd clicked... Limerick are away here. So I just, you, you, you could really pick out any of the forwards. I'm going to go with Garrod, though. If Garrod has a big influence in the game, I, I can see Limerick winning. Yeah, like, and I suppose you did. Obviously, obviously you were mentioning calm lines there as the as as the referee. Like, I suppose hopefully, like, there isn't any refereeing controversies or, or Hawkeye controversies or anything like that. I believe Hawkeye is going to be used for the for the final this weekend like which is which is interesting all right because definitely a lot of pressure are going to be on the on the umpires this weekend but like i suppose that's a big thing isn't it you hope anyway the game is left flow and you know it's a it's a good game and it's entertaining and all the rest because you know like a lot of the time like especially this year like i was speaking to one of my friends there during the week like it seems like every week there's some sort of controversy or something and you're just hoping for the hurling finals the football finals the, the camogie the ladies football final that there is none of these controversies because you know it, it, at the end of the day like a lot of these games are cracking games and it's a shame really we have to focus on the negatives you know big time and I, i've said it to you before on, on this podcast like that don't want to be talking about referees ever you know only only in a positive way and we have done as well praise like john keenan you know he ref limerick and cork i'm just saying from what i've seen of john keenan from wicklow this year ref limerick and cork fine game did a good job he's been penalized because of two incidents that his umpire should have seen, you know, and that can't blame that. Look, you're as good as your umpires, whatever. 
But I think that Munster final will will go down, and that's just because Limerick won. If Clare had won, it'd probably even go down further in folklore. That was one of the great games in those conditions. It had absolutely everything, and part was that because the ref probably let the game go more than he should have. I'm sure mm. that's what we want to see in a game of hurling. Like, okay, we want to see big challenges. We don't want to see dangerous challenges. We want to see fair legal challenges. And you know, I, I can't have an argument with the way that game is refereed. Like, you know, it was a great game, and I think the way he refereed it was as a result. The last thing we want to see, and, and it's been said several times, and we all know what happens in the league. They pick on one thing of this. The league and, and the large part of the early part of the championships anyway it was the throw hand pass i've seen no difference in the since the quarterfinals in any of the hand passes that have that were blown up earlier in the year and not blown up um this time there and i don't want to see them blown up you know if if a disputed hand pass the referee has a hard enough job why throw these things in at them you know in, in, in and i'm gonna have a different to what we were saying but you know they've had enough job like the last thing we want to see is a free-taking contest deciding in the and final. You know, it's it's just, and I just hope that doesn't happen. Whichever way it goes, once it's won fairly and no controversy with like the hawk, I think I think it's still up for debate. There's stringent testing going on. The last I heard that they they they've, they've, they've solved whatever malfunction it was, and it was only relevant to last week. That's the last thing I heard on the radio an hour or so ago. But it's it, it's. You know, we, we it's the last thing, as you mentioned, we, we need or want to be talking about is any kind of controversy that's come from referees, technology, umpires, sideline officials, you know, all that. Just want to see a good game and, and look, you know, whichever team deserves to come out on top for whatever reason that is, as long as it's not controversial. Yeah, absolutely. Sean at 86 here says, who would you put Mikey Butler on Flanagan or Galan? It's hard to know. I mean, I suppose the idea of Mikey Butler going on Aaron Galan, I mean, that would be a, a tasty, tasty matchup indeed, like especially with the form that Aaron Galan's been in. And obviously you were speaking about him earlier. Like he's, I think he's the favourite for hurler of the year or the front runner anyway at the minute. Anyways, he's, I think he scored the most from play as well. Like he's been in exceptional form and obviously Mikey Butler, we've seen what, you know, his performance against Tony Kelly, keeping him scorers from play, like, so the idea of them two going up against each other, like, that would be a, a tasty, tasty matchup indeed. Oh, 100%. And, you know, like, Mikey Butler's emerged as this man-marking machine this season, but, you know, I think like, I think Aaron Glenn will relish anyone, you know, <laughs> especially he's a, he'll have a height advantage of Mikey Butler and he'll be the type of fella, Aaron, who, he, won't, he won't deviate from around the 14 as far as the 21, maybe 45. And Limerick will just throw that. They, they love delivering low ball in, but they'll throw a high ball in. He cocked it Brary twice at the edge of the square for goals earlier in the Munster Championship. But then again, Mikey Butler relished that challenge. It's just one of many. Like If he does go on Galan, it frees up Seamus Flanagan and someone else. I don't. I say freeze up, but there's plenty of other Kilkenny guys that can mark as well. But yeah, Mikey Butler has been a standout player for Kilkenny, and it's great. It's fantastic to see He's not the biggest of lads, you know. He's not, he's not one of these Goliaths like you see some some fullbacks or cornerbacks now are six foot odd, and you're going, that wasn't when I was growing up. That wasn't a cornerback, but Mikey's kind of a throwback. Plenty of talent there as well. He's not just a man marker, you know. He can he can do plenty more on top of it. But yeah, again, I, I go back to what I was saying earlier. It's just there's fascinating challenges and, and matchups all over the park. If you do, for argument's sake, put Mikey Butler and Aaron Gillan. Does it free up someone else? And that's and Kilkenny will be saying the same thing at the other end. But mm -hmm. Limerick, who's my case? going to mark? Who's Sean Finn going to mark? In reality, I, I don't see... I think Kilkenny looked at, 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 at Clare with Tony Kelly and, and the influence he has that they had to do that. You know, I haven't seen my, my Mikey Butler go do a man-marking job to that extent than anyone else this year. I'm open to correction on that, but I can't recall it offhand anyway. 
So I mean, if 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 Kilkenny, you know, and and they may have to, they may they may look at that Limerick full forward and going, that's where Limerick can get the scores if he can put pressure out the field. Tom Marcy said isn't having his greatest year in front of goals. Carroll can be hit and miss at times. Kyle Hayes the same. Daryl Donovan is well capable of scoring points from out the field, but he does it at club level more often than not. But usually d- distributes the ball into the full forward line from midfield. Well, I don't know who isn't a scorer. You could argue that Limerick's wing backs can score. Dan Marcy doesn't do it much, but we all know about Dermot Burns and Declan Hanning can produce even from from that far out. I mean, Hanning scores every game at least one point usually. Anyway. I'm sure Dermot Burns is is a phenomenal striker of a ball from from zone 45 up. You know, it's it's crazy what he can do. So I I, I just think with with Limerick, and again, I'm here to talk about Limerick more than anything else. But you know, if you stop, if you plug one hole, another one usually opens up. And I said Connor Cleary did a great job in Aaron Glenn, both legally and illegally in the Munster final, and you know it freed up Seamus Flanagan and Tarori Hayes, who had a fantastic season up to that date. They got cut for eight points from play, you know, and Seamus, you're walking out. Yeah, Aaron Glenn had a quiet day, but Seamus Flanagan was the beneficiary of that quiet day. And again, it could be something similar on Sunday. I'm certainly hoping so, yeah, if they, if they go down that road of man marking. Yeah, like it seems like there's a lot of, like, just even hearing you say it there, like a lot of fires, obviously, for them to, for them to put out. Like if they are focusing on Glenn, then you have Hayes. Hegarty, as we know, like has you know been exceptional in the last couple of All Ireland finals, so he could really sort of deliver a, a big performance. Look, I'd imagine obviously you're going to be tipping Limerick for the victory. I mean, you'd be crazy, crazy not to, and I'm sure most people will. But what's the verdict? Like, how do you think the the game could pan out? Will it be maybe as comfortable as it's been in the last two All Ireland finals for Limerick? Could it be closer? Could there be extra time, or you know, possibly? Well, obviously there won't be penalties. Like, it will have to go to a replay. But you know, maybe there could even be a draw. Like, what what do you reckon? Look, every result is possible, Aaron. Um, I certainly didn't think last year Limerick were going to. No one thought Limerick were going to beat Cork the way they did beat Cork, and I certainly don't don't see a repeat of that results on Sunday. Um, Kilkenny, I think Waterford in the semi final showed what not to do against Limerick. Um, it worked for Kilkenny in nineteen. I think that's what Waterford tried last year to give absolutely everything in that opening quarter before the water break, and Limerick were still ahead, and Waterford were spent for the rest of the game. I don't see Kilkenny doing that, even though that that's what they, they hit Limerick with fire and thunder um, at the start of that game in nineteen. So I, I, I think it could be very very tight. Um, it just really it, from from my point of view, and I think that Limerick's point of view and the way that they've been since eighteen. And you know, if Limerick play to, to anywhere near their full potential, they win games. You know, even if they don't play to their full potential, they end up se- seeming to win games as well. But if Limerick play. At the at the, the top of their zenith, like they did against Cork last year, and like they did against Waterford for large parts the year before, it's going to be so hard to stop them. It's going to be so so hard. You know that game in in eighteen, as I mentioned earlier, like Limerick had five or six goal chances. On Murphy pulled off heroics. Otherwise, they wouldn't have needed that. Tom Morrissey scored it. Eventually, saw Limerick over the line. But you know, I I just think. Yeah, I I don't see Limerick being beaten, and and that's not just being cocky. It's just it that now that that goes with, with caveats as well. Like if if Keane Lynch isn't ready to start, I'd argue he may not have started anyway. I've talked to a good people this a good lot of people this week who felt that Peter Casey and Keane Lynch may not have started, irrespective of his, if there's an injury or not, given what Limerick have on the field anyway. Um, you know, like I hear a lot of people talking about Graham Mulcahy doesn't score anymore. So Graham Mulcahy forced four or five turnovers in the first half hour against Galway last in, in in the semi-final. So he's invaluable in that sense. Maybe his role has changed slightly. Certainly forced the goal 
I think Limerick's second goal against Cork, Kyle Hayes' goal, um, Ryan Glan's goal in the in the first round of the Munster Championship as well. So I wouldn't be overly worried that Graham Mulcahy's going to leave you down if Peter Casey doesn't start. Or Limerick could throw a spanner in the works by throwing Cahill O'Neill in somewhere. You just don't know. But you know, but but if Limerick played to their fullest and Kilkenny played to their fullest, I think Limerick have that edge, you know, and, and it, it goes on. What we've seen this year from playing nowhere near their best, and I still don't think they've played anywhere near their best at times against Galway, at times against Cork, at times against Water, at times against Tipperary, and certainly an extra time against Clare. I think, you know, there wasn't just fitness. I think pure talent came out there in, in extra time as well. You know, but but that's what the way I see it. If both teams play to their full potential, I think Limerick have have just that little bit edge on a Kilkenny team. You know that, that that is coming. I think whether Brian Cody is meant to lead them after this year, win, lose, or draw. That's that's an argument for Kilkenny people to 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 throw in there. Um, on the flip side of that, if Limerick are off in any which way, Kilkenny are the perfect team to to do a job on them. And you know they they'll and that's where history may come into it from Kilkenny's point of view. They certainly have the belief. There's no Kilkenny team that goes to Crow Park thinking they're going to lose at any stage. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. They just don't doubt themselves, and it's a fantastic way to be. But I think Limerick are that way now as well. You know, they've they've kind of taken on that. No matter what happens, we find an answer. And I think that would be the same on Sunday. Yeah, I think so as well. Like, I think, you know, you, you've shown down the years against the Corks, against the Waterfords, against Clare, obviously, as well, and against Galway when it sort of got, you know, tough going down the home stretch. Like, you found an answer. So, I probably have to, to to back Limerick as well to to come through this one and and win the All Ireland. I will be cheering for you actually as well because there has been a bit of a rivalry between Dublin and Kilkenny down the years, and I'm not too sure I want to see Kilkenny get back to the the top table just yet. I'm happy enough for for, for Limerick to, to go on it's, and win another one. Very now. different in it's very different in in Munster at the moment. Everyone wants to see Limerick lose, and in Leinster, everyone wants to see Kilkenny lose. I'm hoping that doesn't change anytime soon from our point of view, which means we're still doing well. Yeah, look, again, I'll go back and say it, Aaron. You know, it's this, this game isn't going to be one easy by either team, you know. Um, I do know, like I've said this to you before, Limerick tried peak for Croke Park. At times, I got there against Galway, but Galway provided a lot of issues for Limerick at times. Will Kilkenny try and exploit those kind of issues as well by withdrawing a lot of players and trying to find pockets between in between Limerick's you know, famous lines as 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 they they look at it. it. It's just as I said earlier. So many interesting imponderables. I'll keep using that word that you know none of us really know. But it, it certainly you know Limerick Cork was a great 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 lead up into the game. Cork looking for revenge from this that and the other. Or Limerick going for two in a row in their third and four years, and a year later you've another team coming coming at Limerick's throne. And you know it's 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 fantastic. You know, Kilkenny dominated for so long and. You know, with their teams and Tip have been there thereabouts for so long in Cork as well. And it was just so great in the last couple of years to see Limerick, Galway, Waterford, Clare this year really throwing it back to these traditional counties in Dublin under Dalo as well when they were doing it, you know, and you'd argue as well, certainly that Dublin should be doing better than where they are right now. You can see Owen O'Donnell going into the football squad after the, the hurling season finishing. I I'm sure he'll be hoping they'll be back with a with a hurley in his hand next year. But it's just it's fantastic, and you know we, we we've had a very truncated intercounty season, you know, and the rights and wrongs of that can be debated into into the night. But if we're going to have that, we one thing we haven't mentioned actually is is the potential weather for for Sunday. Um, I'd, I'd laugh, I just laugh a lot if if water breaks were being mentioned, people would lose their, you know what, with Limerick and their perceived advantage of water breaks with Paul yeah. Kinner's famous tactics board, you know. 
but it, but but it's a it's a legitimate point that you're looking at from what I saw 28 29 30 degrees and that's just that's not on a pitch I was playing a match last Saturday in that heat in Limerick it was 25 or 6 degrees but it felt like 30 odd on the pitch it was impossible now well, I wouldn't exactly be in the same levels of fitness as these guys obviously a junior challenge game but you know it, it was a case of it was very difficult in that heat for anyone and, and I know these guys are so, such chiseled athletes and so fit nowadays but you'd need to be taking on an awful amount of liquids to to, to try and get through that heat and given Ireland's Ireland's penchants for fair-haired uh red-headed players that play our beloved sports you know it, it's a legit issue you know and something has to be looked at on Sunday as well but that could play a huge part in it as well yeah it could do all right and I suppose you're looking at conditioning there as well and I suppose lads to lads to come off the bench I suppose like lastly just thinking about that like obviously you know in terms of players coming off the bench like that could have a big big impact as well as you mentioned with that with that heat and as we've seen with Limerick with the likes of David Reedy coming off the bench obviously Shamey Flanagan in the past has sort of been crucial coming off the bench like Limerick a lot of the time do seem to have the edge when it comes to just finding an extra 10-15% coming off the bench oh yeah they do you know you mentioned Flanagan hasn't always been a starter Peter Casey up until probably last year he was, it was very much between him and Graham Mulcahy now Casey's sublime but Limerick love bringing Casey on the last 20 minutes you know what a player to bring on the last 20 minutes to try and win you a game or finish off a game but on the flip side I've mentioned already Walter Walsh has had a huge impact off the bench at times Billy Power Blanchfield you know whichever ones he decides to start and I'm, I'm sure Cody being Cody will have something up his sleeve to try and bring and, and, and unsettle Limerick Walter could be that very guy you know he can he can mix it physically and he has a, he's a break of pace even still after all his experience and all the years he's been around he still has that yard of pace to get away from someone on the run as well but this is it, it, it like you, you can be sure that the benches are going to play a huge impact in this game and they'll need to given the, the, the te temperatures we've spoken about and maybe this is the, the the truncated season showing its ugly head as well that in july okay we're not expected to be ever seeing all our <laughs> 28 29 degrees but it's a it's a legitimate issue for both teams that they'll have to consider, you know, uh, from from every which way, you know, like even even things like sweat getting into your eye, a high ball dropping in, anything mm -hmm. can happen, you know, small things like that. But I'm, they're the kind of things that'll be taken care of well, well ahead of time, you'd imagine. Hundred percent. Well, look, listen, much appreciated, John, for for coming on, and I suppose best of luck for for Sunday and uh, I suppose the the three in a row. Let's hope so, Aaron. Certainly from my point of view, anyway. I hope you do it.